you're listening to On Our Terms, where we share our friend and founder journey and tell you how being labeled as non-traditional seems to be our superpower. We hope you enjoy the ride as much as we have. Oh my God. Can you even? Hello, everyone. It's Cami Padilla alongside my co-host and co-founder, Mary Meller. Thank you for tuning into On Our Terms. Today, we are talking about why you shouldn't start a company. Now, we want this to be a fun episode and really let you underneath the hood and get a little woo-woo about the ups and downs of starting a company. We're not here to deter you. We're here to just lay it on thick. So Mary, what would you say listeners have in store today? Well, Cammy, I have to tell you, I have never, ever been so excited about an episode. So when we were doing topics just a few months ago, this one came to mind, you know, why you should never, ever, ever start a company, right? It's a little tongue in cheek, but I think there's a lot of truth we're going to share today because the number one thing I think people get wrong about entrepreneurship is that it's glamorous. Uh, and we're here to dispel that today. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week. We're in our you know sweats. I'm in my juicy suit, really trying to give the mom from Mean Girls vibes. Oh. Like, we're here. We're here to just spill the tea, Cammy. Right We're here the- to spill the tea, honey. But before we spill the tea, let's talk about the run through. Listen, I don't know for any of you all, but November 2023, starting actually on October 31st, 2023, this month has been a weird ass ride. Weird. So we're going to have a little bit fun before we check off for this Thanksgiving holiday. I'm wearing pajama pants. I'm wearing this loose oversized shirt. Mary, what are you wearing? Oh, well, like I said, I'm in my Full head to toe, light pink, Ju- juicy, juicy suit. suit. Remember that yeah, from the early aughts, anyone? Well, uh, you can still find one at TJ Maxx in Valparaiso, Indiana, where I got this. It was like problematic when I was a kid in like middle school and even younger, oh, like yeah. young girls would have juicy on their butt. And I just was like a, fra- sorry, I was like a frail, stick thin child. So it wasn't like it was, well, wasn't anything I had to worry about. But you. Differently, uh, so to speak. So shout out to my stepmom, Lynn, who always bought me the newest, coolest clothes. Who absolutely bought me a juicy suit in the seventh grade. It was one of my best Christmas presents. So juicy. Okay. So I want to talk to you about my latest virtual hack. All right. After a long day of video meetings, do you feel like you have no time to do actual work? Well, let me fill you in on a little secret we do here at Bodium. We specifically schedule each week to have days that are filled with meetings and others that have no external or internal meetings, allowing each of our team members to have days where they know they can dedicate their time and brain power to just work or just showing up to meetings. Now we do this to help tackle video and code switching fatigue. We like to dedicate our Mondays and Wednesdays to only internal calls and project work, while our Tuesdays and Thursdays are for external meetings. What are you doing to improve your virtual workspace? Don't forget to use Vodium on your next video meeting. Use promo code Vodium15 for $15 off at checkout at Vodium.com. Wow, Cammy! It's like you went to school for broadcast journalism or something. <laughs> that was so fun for me. Okay, Mary, talk, let's talk about what's going on in the news because well, a lot's been going on, and I'm currently buzzing right now. 
So let's, yes. let's chat. This will be fun. Um, big shakeup this week in the tech AI space. Of course, mm. everyone like us has been glued to the news of Sam Altman getting ousted from OpenAI and then Satya over at Microsoft somehow literally hiring him and opening up uh, Innovation Center for him before the bell opened on Monday. Pretty crazy. Uh, the last I heard is Sam still kind of waiting for the Borders line to potentially go back. Microsoft obviously is the largest lead investor. Like it's just crazy over there. And it sounds like there was some co-founder drama too, Cam, like pretty wild. It feels like this is one of the, uh, like they're going to make a movie about this, you know? Like Of course. And I think it's kind of my out. dream to just be like, what? I got to meet these people. I'm so curious. Like, how is this going so bad? Badly, I think a majority of when I hear about these really, really cool innovators like Sam Altman at OpenAI, I start to only hear about them because of some type of drama. Like, right. I mean, we obviously have a company that's plays within the tech sphere. We're betting on Microsoft. We have a lot of Microsoft affiliated partners. A lot of our B2B customers and we've figured out the infrastructures are really heavily embedded with Microsoft. So it seems like a really cool place to be and the yeah. big bet if you want to be a part of like the platform who's already well and beyond about the modern workplace. Well, absolutely. And Microsoft showed themselves to be an amazing investor this weekend, right? Like he's booted out. They believe in him. I mean, this is the leader of that company and they showed their support and their support for all offering all of the employees jobs in case this it, doesn't work out. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And I'm just, I, I put, I always try to put myself in uh, people's shoes and I'm like, dude, if I was ousted as one of the co-founders and your this is what Kara Swisher and uh, Scott Galloway were saying, and your press release was like, we ousted Sam Altman because of a reason. It's like a divorce where it's just like for unknown reasons, right. but it's still amicable. It's like that makes Sam look so, 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 like bad. You were jeopardizing with his credibility. Obviously, Microsoft was like, okay, this is foolish. There's probably really nothing behind the smoke and mirrors because we would have found something. I think it's just in this time of age of him being still a young man. Um, this is very, a lot of pressure within a lot of key players in the tech sphere. Like I was 38 years old and I was this person behind this group, OpenAI with like a co-founder for years. And all of a sudden my name's in the press, I'd be shitting myself. So I just hope he has a really good press person and that he can breathe through this and that he really can make up he can choose any scenario he wants and he should take a step back and be like, I'm under 40 years old. My co-founder just screwed me over. Open AI is maybe a healthier environment because it's there. It seems like there, there's a lot of people at that group that is very con concerned about what AI can do negatively. Right. Um, and uh, and this is a really cool place for Microsoft to be in too. It's like AI, we will take over. Money is the future. And yeah, they and want that. 
They do. I mean, that's why they invested, what was it, $13 billion in this company? I mean, they, it's almost too big to fail now, right? Like someone's going to take ChatGPT, their idea, and take it to the future. It's just who's going to do it. I think Sam will come out on top of this. I think he's going to end up looking at the Yeah. And this board, it apparently doesn't work like a normal board because they used to function like a nonprofit. So there's like a random professor on the board. It's only four people. Well, heard a former congressman. He was in the, he was going to run for, no, he was running for president. president. (laughs) Uh, That's like us, Mary. I'm just saying like, uh, and then our advisors and our like board randomly is like in the headlines. You never know. Yeah. Please don't uh, fire us our board. We actually don't have a formal. No, we don't, but let's just pretend. Okay. So what about Microsoft Copilot? We've also heard about it. Tell us a little bit about it. So Microsoft Envision, their big conference was last week, uh, I think the 11th through the 14th. So I don't even know what day it is. Anyway. We saw a lot of cool people that we know too. So close. Uh, Avanade had a big presence there, of course, because they are the largest implementer of Microsoft Teams. Uh, our, the Avanade CTO, our friend Aaron Reich was there posting live. If you don't follow him on LinkedIn, you should, he had some great content, but, uh, Microsoft Copilot is Microsoft's new like AI buddy, right? That will take all of the mundane tasks you do on a daily basis and automate them for you. So we're excited to try it out. We actually haven't tried it yet. Um, and also stay tuned because we may be looking to build alongside it. So you can imagine Vodium helping you present more effectively. Um, so stay tuned on that. Kim, I don't know, Mary. Celeb, celeb gossip for us. Oh, well, talking about the momentum of exciting, of rubbing elbows with people who are in rooms with some interesting people. One day, maybe we'll be with Satya and, you know, hey, everyone. Um, anyway, well, another room I'd like to be in with is uh, Jack Harlow and Florence Pugh, Ooh. baby. I know your husband, Gary, is a Louisville native. Jack Harlow, shout out a white United States rapper who has that swag. And he's just like, he's literally dazzling out there and with in front of women's and maybe men's eyes, whoever. But he supposedly has captured the eye of Florence Pugh, the British woman of our dreams. So he just released a new song called Loving On Me. And so here's one of the lyrics. I'm vanilla, baby. I'll choke you, but I'm no killer, baby. She 28 telling me I'm still a baby. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to do that. Didn't but know we were going to get a little Jack Harlow cover. But Lawrence Pugh is 27, not 28, but mm-hmm. like very close. And they were caught canoodling. And I think Florence Pugh is just in her era, which I can so relate to. I'm in my late 20s and I'm like, screw guys. And I start dating younger guys because you feel like you're more in control. <laughs> she was dating Zach Braff for so long, like through the pandemic so maybe she was ready for a younger man i'm here for it i love jack harlow we've been playing his new single non-stop it's very catchy it is uh, it's it's got a good beat we saw him God, was that last year two years ago we got to sit on the side like the sidelines the right on the 50 yard line of the louisville kentucky game long story that. there but he walked by and people were freaking out and yeah it was pretty cool i think he's- oh okay <laughs> well Let's finish off the news section with Nikki Haley. I've heard that Nikki Haley, out of the Republican candidates for president, 
at least in the primary, she's been making the most steam outside of Trump. I Trump is obviously very, very busy. She's been courting Wall Street, as I've heard. There were some comments made by Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan Chase about how he is interested. I don't not exactly quoting, and I guess he's really not one to say much about his um, presidential or uh, political leaning, even though it seems to be quite more democratic. But I think with this very unique time with ageism of our presidential candidates being such a worry about uh, worry, we literally are involved in so many unique wars out there with big, big, powerful leaders that if for some reason the United States shows that they are not in power, like these could be times where these leaders could be like, this is it. So it's just a very like interesting time. And it's kind of cool in history that Nikki Haley as an Indian American is making these impacts and no matter what party you were on this she is breaking glass ceilings right now and it's kind of badass it's so badass she's awesome we need more women in politics she awesome okay well let's end off with our dream sponsor one medical it is a great boutique service for your daily you know, physician needs. I go get my um, annual checkup there. I can get a pap smear there. I go get my COVID and flu vaccines there and all of my information and basically my cat my catalog for them is in an app. And in that app, I can make appointments. I can make walk-in visits and they have all of my prescriptions and I can just chat and message my doctor versus having to set uh, up an actual uh, meeting with them. And the cool thing is, is I just got my results back. I, I'm trying to figure out the first stages of figuring out my fertility journey. And my physician mentioned the anti-malarian hormone test. It's the AMH test. And it just seems that my my findings are that my counts, my ovarian reserve are just under the medium for 31 to 35 year olds, which is a which is showing me that I'm I'm at the moment where I'm like I should start getting my eggs uh reserved if I do want to see them. Um, but I was watching the Kardashians the other day, bro. And Courtney Kardashian was like, I froze my eggs and it doesn't mean that those eggs will be successfully inseminated. And I was like, what? Yeah. So am I supposed to spend like a couple grand, maybe above 10 grand on freezing my eggs and it's not a guarantee. So this is just the beginning of my fertility journal journey. Thank you. One medical, you're our dream sponsor. It's you should help out uh, startup founders all across the United States. Absolutely. It's just made my chaotic career in life easier uh, to feel like I'm still healthy and taken care of. So anyway, Very exciting news. You're fertile, baby. <laughs> yes, I'm fertile, baby. Uh, like Jack Carlo, I'm fertile, baby. Uh, uh, okay, so Mary, this is why we're actually convening today. Let's dive into why people shouldn't start a company. I know we're really excited to talk about this. So yes. why don't you kick us off? I will. So we're going to rapid fire the reasons you should never, ever start a company. I'm going to kick us off. Okay. Okay. So don't start a company if, that's the format of this. So don't start a company if you want to make a lot of money. Like if you're in this wanting to start a company to make a lot of money because you see all of these entrepreneurs posting like 
11 side hustles you can take full time, like make seven <laughs> figures a month. Let me tell you what, you're in for a very rude awakening. Cammie and I both took pay cuts at times not making any money uh, to do this. We're still not making a lot of money. It's a very long-term bet. Um, and yeah, if you're in this for the money, you're going to get burnt out really quickly because entrepreneurship is a long-term game. Sure. Some people- Or you're going to be like uh, Elizabeth Holmes and other people who just reap the money for themselves and live that lavish lifestyle. Uh, right. Like if you want to just you know scam all your investors and then go to federal prison, <laughs> you could do that. But uh, yeah, don't do this for the money. You got to do it because you actually have a good idea. So can we? Yes. Okay. Don't start a company if you just want lots of accolades and glory. So we're really blessed that we were able to pitch at South by Southwest. We've been um, a part of Google's Latino Founders Fund. Mary's been a part of awesome organizations as well that give her access, such as Brain Trust, access to different people and different connections. But it's not doesn't come easy. And I think one of the most annoying things a part of this process is people are like, oh, just get a, get a, get a piece written by you. Like get on the news, like spend money, 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 do this, this, this. It's just really hard. And it just like any, how I can relate back to it is any political campaign. So if anyone tries to tell you like, you got to do this and do that and do this, it's like, shut up. I'll get to it. Thank you noted. I'll keep it in mind, but know that you'll be able to do it when you'll be able to do it. There's no race. Yeah. And and if like, you get I, a press hit like 10 years later, great, fine. Congrats. I mean, There's no timeline. Even if you get a press hit, like the day our Bloomberg article came out, I mean, we were literally named the, one of the top 50 companies started in the pandemic highlighted by Bloomberg for Tennessee. I think literally we were like, yay, it's out, posted about it. And the next hour we're like on a product crisis meeting. Like you don't even get to enjoy it really because behind the scenes, you're still in the trenches running a company. Oh, oh. And that's how you're saying it. You're, yeah. I'm just saying like, it's so hard for people to even pay attention to you. Like we're just very uh, lucky that we had, we didn't, we didn't hesitate at all to open and start Vodium. We felt yeah. like there was momentum and we just went, went for it. And in the beginning with your background with product marketing, you were very intentional for us to publicize ourselves in ways mm -hmm. that just put us in the right spot. I, I will say we are so, so lucky, but we are not normal that we had a few articles written about us that we mm -hmm. were able to get the Google fund. Mind you, we've applied for so many funds. This one, we happened to have a network connection via the Nashville Entrepreneur Center, which for sure helped another layer for us. So I think with this, with, yeah, you can't celebrate your accolades and glory, but also don't fret if you're not going to get accolades and glory, right? That does not signify of how you and your company are doing, or if you yeah. are successful or worth it. I think for me, because I come from news and, and communications, like, all they care about is that you're in the headlines and they're worried that that's the only way people are going to hear about you or care about you. And it's just like, wow, ah, that's so hard. <laughs> well, and I think too, there's like this level, I was talking to a friend about it who is in a relationship with a founder. And she was saying like, there seems to be two types of founders out there. There are founders who are out there like tooting their own horns, building in public, telling you what they're doing. Like, it seems like they have all this momentum. And then uh -huh. there are founders 
who are literally just like heads down, focused on their business. And I'm not saying one is bad or one like or the other. We're both. We're both. We're both. But like 99% of the time, we are just like in the fucking trenches. So I just get anxious about seeing people at all of these conferences. And I'm like, where do you live? Okay. Well, that says something too, right? With the modern workplace evolving, you know, now tech hubs need to get innovative and they're going to be different and it's not going to be Atlanta and San Francisco in just Miami now, right? Nashville is going to become something. Chicago is going to grow bigger. So, and I'm like, are you spending all of this money and betting on that? It's just going to take people to see you at a conference to take you seriously. It's just a different game. We just played that game online and virtually and just called a lot of people and so yeah, it's just strategy. Anyway, Mary. All right. Oh, this is gonna be crazy. This is this fun. Is okay, don't okay, okay. Don't start a do company. Do not start a company if you do not <laughs> want to experience extreme levels of stress. And I'll tell you, I have seen this from my father, who's an entrepreneur, my stepmom who's an entrepreneur, my grandparents who are entrepreneurs. Like the level of stress when you when people's salaries are on you and when the future of a company is on you and your co-founder uh, is pretty intense. And I will tell you, last summer, uh, this <laughs> broke me and I got shingles on my face, guys. And um, I had two other entrepreneur friends who also had shingles on their faces. Kind of weird. But I went to the doctor thinking, honestly, I had a large pimple that was really painful right here on my eyebrow. And they go, oh, classic shingles. I was like, what? I thought you couldn't get that till you're an old person. They were like, if you had the chickenpox virus, I said I had it twice as a kid. I was an anomaly. And they said, well, it was an anomaly. And uh, and in cases of extreme stress, right, do you have a lot going on? Like if someone died, I was like, I mean, my company's we're going through a really hard time. And like, <laughs> Here it is. It was so painful. My eyes swelled up. I mean, it was awful. It was so bad. So, you know. And Mary still did some very intense calls throughout it. And, and I video calls I too. Looked like the blue people in Avatar because my eyes were so swollen. It was, it was awful. I should have been camera off. I don't know why I left my camera on. But no, I really. The funny thing is, is like thank, thank goodness for technology that the, whatever these cameras did, like it was really hard for a person who had oh, no idea what was it. going on with you to. Oh, there you go. The yeah. filter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Honestly, you need to like take care of yourself. I, that was a wake-up call for me uh, to take better care of myself to manage the stress. But there is inherent deep stress that comes with this. Um, so just be prepared for it uh, if you are going to start a company. Oh, my Can't God. Be. Deep, deep, deep stress. It's dis- – it, I was – all last year, I was like in a very heavy disassociative state. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, don't start a company if you love your weekends and vacation. You know, time off. We're getting better at this. We, we are. are still owning the blended lifestyle, but, you know, we don't have PTO. It's just being very proactive and communicative to each other. When we want time off, we're very supportive of each other as well. If we feel like any certain week, any uh, one of us can be going through very surprising things. We're humans and it's also the holidays, family drama, personal drama, like you name it. What 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 dose of reality are you going sure. through on top of running a company 
And it's been beautiful to share this experience with you, Mary, because, oh my God, like we have been through a lot. Like today I was like, Mary, I started my period. Oh. Mary, it's Thanksgiving. Mary, I'm afraid of family drama. It's like, I, and I was like, I feel like I just want to cry. I'm so irritable. I just feel so sad. And Mary was like, that's okay. It's okay to and be that, sad. Yeah. And I don't, uh, I don't really allow myself to be sad. And that also tells me that I never take breaks. And so. No, Kimmy's not good at that. <laughs> no, because I literally have sometimes fun working. I'm like, you this do. is cool. This is great. You do. And I'll I'll do like Sundays at a library. I'll get a little high and I'll be well, like, so cool. But, but I'm not turning off. We learned. So last year we started doing forced company holidays two weeks a year. One time in August, end of August, and then one week at Christmas. And we all come back more refreshed. When we do. That. <laughs> we do. But we do. To be clear, when you own your own business, uh, you're never off. You're not. I mean, unless you are lucky enough to have a co-founder who can run the ship when you're off. If it's just you, uh, you still have to answer your email. So, well, like I had to wake up and drive a friend to the train station this morning. I woke up so early, and we had a 10 a.m. with one of our uh, team members. And Mary called me, and I was like, "Hello," and I was listening on my Bose, and like I was sound asleep. And Mary was like, "Let me just take this 10 a.m. It's going to be Literally. easy." So I would just say, if you want to start a company, I don't think I could ever, ever imagine myself ever doing it by myself. So no. anyway, advice: <laughs> find a co-founder that you really can rely on. Um, because you know when I am going to sign off, Cammy, for my honeymoon over Christmas. Oh God, please. So I'm going to be off for seven days, laying on the beach in Mexico. I'm so excited. Anyway, I digress. I'm going to find, I'm going to find you. Oh, be like, Mary. <laughs> okay, go, go, go. All right. Don't start a company if, and this one kind of goes back to my old days of running a solopreneurship as they call it, a services-based business, but still for us too. If you want job security, guys, Ooh. let me tell you. Job security is not promised to anyone, uh, and we're not going to go deep into this topic, but you know, when you are month to month with clients and billing that to go back to stress, or when you have raised money and you see the end date of when it runs out, like there's not a lot of security in this until you start really bringing in revenue, and even then, it's scary. Uh, so if you're someone who likes to really count on your job security. I don't know if this is the the path for you. And so that's such an interesting topic because God, I had we I had job security before I took Bodium on full time, but I also then didn't feel like I had job security because I didn't feel like safe in my work environment. Yeah. I didn't feel trust, but I was getting paid really really well and then I was pushing my personal boundaries and professional boundaries uh, and supplementing them or like, um, not sup yeah, supplementing yeah. them or letting them decay in ways because in return, I would just get uh, more money for lack of, um, I don't know, professionalism from my managers or like, this is a whole other debate of what I'm finding with a startup is like, don't start a company if you're ready to deal with human resources shit, <laughs> human shit, man. Like you yourself, your co-founder, your employees, your, your contractors, contractors, like their personal master. shit comes into their work as well. They may think they're hiding it, but we see it. We see changes, you know, like, cause that's real. 
Um, so maybe a little old person, you know, like that's it. Like we manage, we care about the whole person so we can feel when things are off. And yeah, that's a good, I just, I don't know. I hear a lot of people of friends and family members who, you know, are stressed about work and human relationships and people that they work with and they talk and they talk and they complain and they complain and they complain and they're like, well, they're a whole person. Like, so if you really want to cut their shit, like you may have to involve yourself more in their shit. But then there's also with work and job security and there's also how much do I want my job to be a part of my life and take over Good point. everything. So Good. that's Don't also like- it to, Don't become an entrepreneur. <laughs> Okay. Jesus. Okay. Next one, Cam, go. Oh, well, don't start a company if you don't take criticism well. Uh, Well, with Vodium, it's been very interesting. I was just, I knew Vodium worked. Like technically this isn't a a new invention. What is a new invention is technically how all the systems now have to integrate together. Um, uh, So that's cool. That's a new thing. That's what we've discovered. But it's been really hard of the journey of criticism that we've taken when you know that people aren't going to show up ready to support you. Uh, And what I'm trying to say is take criticism well. There's a lot of people who will just give you criticism to give you criticism yeah, or, or advice, that's or, like advice or feedback. feedback. Yeah. But and it was just hard for me. I'm really, I've, I grew up very athletic. Like I was in intense sports. Like my coaches were intense people who would work you down, but they would show up every day and that would make you maybe trauma bond. <laughs> but, um, you know that they just wanted to make you better. Uh, Maybe this is selfish and naive of me, but I've believed in Vodium. I haven't come to people to be like, tear me down. No, I'm, I'm really willing to hear what you think, but the key word that I'm looking for is constructive, right? That you want to support a a female co-founder team that you're not going to deter us from our dreams or say this doesn't make sense when you may not understand it technically. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to reach out for people to tear me down and tell me I can't do what I want to do because that's just going to make me want to do it more. Um, but criticism has fueled me, but Mary, you've encountered this. We've received a lot of criticism from places where we thought we were going into as a safe place. Like you've been people and then they've been like, "Mm, I don't get this. This is awful. Like "Eh." the scary part is, and this is the advice, right? Is, and, and this goes into the next one. Don't start a company if you don't have a strong sense of self. What happens is you go into this room with someone who's supposed to give you advice that you've been intro to, who is at the top of their game professionally, they're supposed to be the expert, but they don't know your whole business, right? And so they come in and they're like, why are you doing this? Like you can never run a company that's B2B and B2C or, you know, this is a dumb idea. Like Microsoft's just going to build this and they just get at you and and they think they're helping you. And sometimes their advice is good. Their criticism is valid and you take that, but you have to have a strong backbone. Like Brene Brown says, strong spine, strong back, soft front, because- if not, what happens is you just get totally derailed and veered off course. You rewrite your strategy. And that's happened a lot to us. <laughs> yeah, and not, you're not making progress. But now, 
I'm really proud of us because I think as individually as founders, as a founding team, and as a company, we have a very strong sense of who we are and where we're going. And and no one can stop us now. Like, But it's taken years and a lot of mistakes and failure to figure that out. So, you know, that's a word of warning. <sighs> that was a deep breath because, well, personally, Mary and I have been just a lot through with, I mean, a lot with each other this year. And, you know, we tried to live in Nashville together. It didn't work out. It just wasn't my time. I got misdiagnosed with something and got put on a medication that muted me. And I remember it was you to be like, what is up? Like, Cammy, you're not yourself. You're no. not, you're literally not sharing anything. You have no emotion. You're just straight business. And you, <laughs> you had a strong self, sense of self, or maybe you had a strong sense of at least who your best friend was that you were able to boot me. And that was pivotal to not only my life personally, but also professionally with Bodium. So it, it's not, I've never heard it's you not, that. well, well, yeah. And that's the next point. It's like, don't start a company if you aren't willing to work on Ugh. all of the above. I, the reason why I think the, the biggest thing that allowed uh, none of these things were easy or Mary and I had under control when starting Bodium and still, yeah. And we'll always be working on these things, but it's to now, oh, Mary and I are really working hard on boundaries, on a strong sense of self, of protecting oneself. You know, we're females. We come, I come from a Mexican background. You come from a Southern background. Like there hasn't been a day in our life where Mary and I haven't been critiqued, haven't been told what to do, haven't been told what we should do. And I, you know, I've been the patriarchy. Ah, sorry. I, well, it's not even the patriarchy. It's also women. It's also everyone. And it's no one's fault, but it's all learned behavior and past systematic shit. And, you know, as we evolve and we grow into our early adult years, it, and it doesn't happen in your 20s. It started in my tw late 20s, but oh, I feel like trying I'm to become now. myself and realize that all of my life I've been moved and affected by so many other people versus sitting still and listening. But what do I know? And what do I oh. believe in? respecting myself, trusting myself? And it's pretty lonely. It's pretty scary. I feel pretty sad. But if you can work on those things and know that's going to be hard and you're going to have to face a lot of things about yourself, but my goal, and I'm starting to get there is I now react at a place of calmness and intention and yeah. not react right away. Um, because yeah. now with learned experience, as we're going, I hope to become more of a calm person and not jump to judgment and give people learned experience and hope that they learn from it. But know that no matter what, you still have to take a chance on these things in order to see if you can handle them. So that was the one thing that you and I just boldly we're not afraid of in the not beginning. Afraid. We're like, let's yeah. jump in. So, but all of this stuff was like, I mean, I would just get knocked you down. shingles on your face. Literally. But, but, but I, I was speaking on a webinar a few weeks ago and I quoted this, my favorite Teddy Roosevelt quote, Teddy Roosevelt's one of my favorite presidents. You haven't been to his national park in the Badlands. It's amazing. But like, one of my favorite Teddy Roosevelt quotes is about the man or the woman in the arena, right? It's not the, the people around criticizing that counts. 
It's the, he says, it's the man in the arena who's literally getting beat down, knocked down blow by blow, but still getting back up. And he's actually trying. And he says something about like, you know, that's worth so much more than the poor senseless souls. It's a very dramatic quote who never know the highs and lows of failure or success. Right. And like, that's what I'm proud of us for. Like we have been in this arena for almost four years now, four years in April, we have been knocked down, hit in the face, hit in the gut as more times than we can count. And we still just keep getting back up and every day coming to work and trying it again. And like, that's what we'll leave you with. Like, this is really hard. Like, it is so fucking hard to start and run a company. I cannot tell you like how all the ways it will impact you and be hard, but we have grown so much. And it's just like you said, like, I feel a decade older than I was even last year. Like we have so much more wisdom and experience and that groundedness, that calmness, like that we would never have had. And we're building something amazing. And I'm just really proud of us. And I think if you've got an idea and you really understand going with clear eyes that like, it's not going to be easy, like the professional and personal growth you're going to experience, I think makes it all worth it. I agree. And to close it out, right? It's an everyday thing, entrepreneurship. It's a blended lifestyle with ups and downs. You'll encounter opportunity costs. It affects you emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially. But a key to it is we are very lucky that Mary and I love each other. Mm -hmm. Mary and I are trying really hard as friends to founders to support each other, to also create a community and tribe for us that also give us love and work on figuring out what serves us and not serves us. Because with all the bad shit we go through, if I'm able to like know that I can pick up the phone and call Mary and talk through it and confide in her, and have someone who loves me and helps to pick me up and support me, that makes me stronger to go into the next day blind, knowing that the day I'm coming out of, it's been really hard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll tag the guy who said it. He's like a LinkedIn person too. His name's Simon. And he's like most of the people who really, really are able to succeed and bear with it have loved once around them, supporting them. Um, So we hope that we just provided you insight, right? When and if you make the decision, if you want to take the founder leap. So with that said, Mary, anything else you want to say to people before we close out? I want to say happy Thanksgiving. I hope everyone is focused on having an attitude of gratitude. I also want to say like, if you're someone who's thinking about starting a company or you're at the beginning of the journey and you want to talk to someone, reach out to us. Like we have talked to so many people with ideas, founders, peers over the years, and we're, we love talking about this. Um, and this in particular, like that decision, go, no go, what is it going to actually be like? So slide into our DMs, send us an email. We're always here. Uh, and as always follow us, rate and review on Spotify iTunes, Apple Podcasts, LinkedIn, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. What about that? Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff that we're on. And we, the fact that we're just recording this and sharing this is super awesome. And that's also a, a hint in the future that Mary and I hopefully will be able to open up our agency of really helping founders 
come up with think about all strategies that they're able to make their company survive, right? Like, um, don't start a company if you think there's only one way to Ooh. be a founder in a company. Ooh, that's good. That's good. All right, my loves. Thank you so much for listening to On Your Terms. On your Mary, terms. On our terms, as Mary said, please share our journey. And uh, we'll see you next time on On Our Terms. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Hey, shortest episode ever, under 40 minutes. Wait, that's awesome. I love it. Okay, ciao, ciao, bye.